Hello guys, you're listening to the Fashion Photography Podcast and my name is Virginia Antima. Today's guest is going to reveal some secrets about the future of the magazines, how to craft your portfolio. And because many of you asked about it on Facebook, he's also going to tell you when is the right time to get an agent. We're going to talk about the transition from IT to photography and because I've never been involved in the IT world, you cannot ask me, but you can definitely ask my guest, the photographer, Jonas Jensen. Hi. Hi. Can you please tell our listeners something more about yourself? Yeah, my name is Jonas Jensen and I'm a photographer. I'm based in Denmark, in Scandinavia, and I mainly shoot beauty and fashion. And I've been shooting for like 10, 11, 12 years, something like that. I've been working with IT before, so I've been kind of like my ankle to the whole photography was based on Photoshop and all the graphic works as I did before. So I've been playing with Photoshop since it was uh, 2.0. And I don't mean CS2, I mean 2.0. So for quite a long time. <laughs> so how did you start to learn more about lighting? That's a good question. Well, I think when I first started out as a photographer, I shot more or less everything and I just kind of like did, tested out everything and tried a lot of different light and I'm also kind of like I'm, I'm technical in a way I like to read a lot of stuff about it so I read some books and looked at how other people did and tried to copy stuff yeah I think maybe I also had like before in my graphic work I have been also been playing with 3D graphics and ray tracing and stuff like that and I think I had a little bit of understanding of how to set up the lights and stuff from that as well you said something about books. Do you have a favorite book that you'd like to recommend? <laughs> that is a very good question. I think I, I kind of like, it's been not so long since I read, last read a book. I think everything's just online at, uh, for me now. And I, I follow a lot of blogs and different kind of newsletters and stuff. And I, I think I get most of my, my stuff online these days. How did you manage to build a team from IT work <laughs> to <laughs> jumping into photography? Yeah, that's a good question. I was traveling quite a lot with my IT work and I um, I just like to shoot pictures wherever I came, but I, I was just shooting on auto like everybody else and just didn't really know anything about photography at the moment. And I just like to take some snaps that I could get home, show my family and stuff. And one day it just... Bought, uh, I want a bigger, nicer camera and I bought a DSLR and I didn't know anything about it. So I had to think, mm, I, I have to read some books and stuff about it. And I I kind of read a lot of books and I, and from there on, I just, I, it really caught my interest quite quick. And I just started shooting a lot of stuff within a year. I think actually I just had clients coming to me. So I wasn't really looking for I didn't really realize that I was trying to be a photographer at the moment. I was just kind of getting clients and then all of a sudden I didn't have time for my IT work. So, I mean, it was kind of like that kind of translation. Look, again, every single guest that I have, have like the, the biggest luck ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're also a lucky person. Yes. Do you remember your first bigger client? Well, actually, the first thing I ever shot was a cover for a magazine. So it's like 
well, Denmark is not that big, but it was actually one of the biggest magazines in Denmark. So, I mean, that was quite a big client to, to, to start out with. I remember they have seen some of my work and I never done anything for money <laughs> at that time. I was just shooting some stuff for, for the fun of it. And they contacted me about it and they had seen it and they would like to use me. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. And I thought they they want me to shoot some really boring stuff in the back of the magazine or something like that. And I came out there and I said, oh, I really like your model pictures and stuff. And uh, they wanted me to shoot the cover. So it was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really surprising for me, but really nice. So, I mean, yeah, very lucky, very... Uh, fortunate to be there at the right moment I guess so but yeah, yeah from there it just took on so can you tell us something more about this um, this cover about the team then did you know the people no I didn't know the people but I was very lucky to get some of the best ones in Denmark and there's actually still some of the best ones and some of the people that I still work with from time to time so so yes they hooked me up really good there and I guess that's one of the reasons why I really moved far from the beginning. And I had the Photoshop in, from before, and I, that took me far in the beginning. With the right team, you can get really far. <laughs> just know, just to hide the light a little bit and I mean, instruct a little bit, then you're quite far there. So you're still working with them? I still work with them from time to time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have an established team? Because I shoot so much beauty, I kind of like, I like to, I wouldn't say move around. That sounds so like you don't really appreciate the ones you work with. But I look at a lot of makeup and hair and, and styling and and I try to book the right people for the right assignment. I think, of course, I have some people like, there's like a lot of people that I work with on a regular basis, but it's not like the same makeup artist every time or anything like that. I kind of have maybe five makeup artists I would pick this one for that, this one for that, and yeah, like that. Yeah. So you've been working for so long, and I was wondering, do you like to work with new models? I don't mind working with new models. I mean, I have clients that I, where I shoot a lot of new faces and a lot of new models, so... Yeah, and I appreciate that as well. It's something different. As a person, I really like to meet a lot of people. So in that way, I really like it. To me, it doesn't really matter if it's like a really good model or not on the personal plan. But of course, for portfolio work and stuff, it's really nice if they're established and well-known models and stuff. You can easily get it in the right magazines and all that. But I appreciate looking at all the new faces, testing them out. I mean, sometimes you'll get surprised. So, and then you can see, ah, I could really use this girl for something else or another project that I have coming up or something like that. So in that way, I really like it. You mentioned the, the magazines. I was wondering, what do you think about all these new online magazines? That's a good question. <laughs> it's really, really interesting. I think I'm really keen on seeing uh, how the future will be for printed magazine versus online magazines. I think it's a very interesting media and I, you can do like videos and audio and stuff like that. So, I mean, in that way, you can really, you can do a lot more than you can do on print. But I think it's st still a transition for everybody. I think 
the young generation they'll be so used to it that they think print is weird <laughs> boring and the old person they can still like the feeling of that old printed kind of really nice texture and you can read it in the train without having like yeah stuff like that i think it's gonna be very interesting to see in the next five ten years how many printed magazines we still have and how the online magazines gonna grow and if they're gonna be like some of them maybe gonna be as well known as like Vogue, L, whatever if you're going to have like some really big ones. They're also starting to work a lot on their web-based sites. For example, L. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, it's needed. It's a must for them to survive. We will, of course, have printed magazines in 10 or 20 years, but I think we will have a lot fewer than we have today, and we will have a lot more online contents, and it's just the way it's going to go. I mean, it's like the record player. <laughs> It's going to be old-fashioned in some way. You still have people who want the records instead of the CDs and Spotify and stuff. But you just, yeah, I think it's going to go downhill for the printed versions. That's no no question about it. So they need to be prepared for the transition if, if they're going to make it at all. Yeah. So I think it's time for my favorite question. I know it's a bit weird, <laughs> but... <laughs> Can you share with us a failure of yours and what have you learned from it? Can you please tell me the whole story? This is important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it really depends on what kind of failure. I mean, you, you make a lot of failures. <laughs> yeah, it's the only way you actually get better. When it went really well, you don't really learn that much as you do as when it's a failure. Yeah, that's But... exactly why this is my favorite question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of different failures, I think. But if it's like specific soon, it's more like maybe at one point I would, I would probably point out how I kind of tried to turn my career in a in one way and find out it was going in another way that's probably one of the biggest failure but still learned a lot from it at one point i moved to london and i thought i was going to be like a celebrity photographer and i went there and i was going around with my book and showed them all this work and they said yeah that's nice and nice and but i also at the same point i kind of showed my fashion work and it was just like That I got so really good response to that. So kind of like I was really confused what to do because I was going there because I thought I was going to be like celebrity photographer and stuff like that. And then all the really good response I got was on the on the fashion beauty side. So kind of thought I need to pursue that more. And I did that. But that kind of landed me like in between two stools. And I was kind of like I didn't really know what to do and I thought shot a little bit of that and a little bit of that. I kind of lost a lot of time figuring out what to do, but that's actually after that experience, I moved back to Denmark and that's when I really started out shooting beauty and focusing on that. And I would say a lot of my career actually took off from that. So it was a big failure to go there to, to think I was going to be a celebrity photographer, but it actually pointed me in the right direction have you ever considered to go back to london yeah well i do have an agent i work with there so i do go from time to time uh, to shoot clients but i don't think i'm gonna move there again i 
love Denmark too much. So nice and cozy here and small city compared to London. And it's just safe and I have my family and stuff. So, but I, I love traveling and I could see myself being other places for a shorter period of time, like half a year or something like that. But, and London could also be a place for that. But I think for the beauty scene, it's like more New York, Paris, Milan, and then London. But it's easy with the English language compared to yeah. French, Italian, all that. Much, much easier. It, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's much easier. <laughs> I heard that you said something about your portfolio. Not just something, I heard the whole story. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so considering this portfolio thing, I was wondering who told you how to arrange it, what you are supposed to do with this. And I think this is a very interesting thing for everyone who is listening right now. Can you yeah. tell us something more about this? Yeah, well, I guess I've mainly been inspired by other photographers in Denmark and see how they're doing. And of course, again, I have this big online source trying to figure out what to do and, and how to build it. And I actually built it more or less on my own. I had a couple of other really trusted photographers that helped me out a little bit with, with the selection and final selection of the book. I spent a lot of time on finding the right paper, printing on the, figuring out how to print it, how big it should be, uh, all that kind of like, I mean, I think maybe people from Scandinavia, they feel they have this kind of legacy of uh, Scandinavian Danish design. I kind of like, I want to reflect that into my both into my work, but also into my book and my presentation of my work. So my portfolio was really important for me that it was a really nice kind of leather and a nice print and and all this was presented in the right way. So I used quite a lot of time on printing on different paper and figuring out how to cut it and all this to really make it like the last 5% Really nice. And I get a lot of very nice comments on my book and how it looks. And that's really nice. Do you have uh, an advice for the people who are trying to build their portfolio right now? Maybe even for the look of this portfolio. You're the guy with the, the commands, good commands. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's, it's a really hard question because, I mean, I think, of course, you need to find feel yourself in this book. I mean, it needs to reflect who you are as a photographer. It's leather, metal, whatever. I don't think there's a right media for that. It's really, and it could even be the right iPad or uh, presented in some, it's, I read a lot of stuff about it in the, in the beginning. And uh, for me as a beauty photographer, I could wrap it in like, have a beauty, like a small mirror or something to present my business card or something like that. Some like makeup mirror or something that really reflects that I'm a beauty photographer or something. And I don't think it's a bad idea, but it's just not me. I mean, it's, that's, I want that like clean, like really, my book is like a handmade in Germany and it's really nice uh, leather and it's, uh, I don't use uh, plastic sheets in my book. I just print directly on both sides of the paper. So you actually touch the paper and you get that really nice feeling of that good quality print. It tears and wears a little more than if you have it wrapped in the plastic paper but I mean it really depends of course if you have 10 clients looking in the book every day then yeah maybe not the right solution for me I figured out I don't really show my book more than like once a week or once every 
maybe even less and it is less no problem and having fingers and stuff on the paper and I have one with plastic sheets as well I can send ship around so when I'm with my book I have the one without plastic sheets and and when I send it out I have one with plastic sheets you're represented by two big agencies yeah more or less I'm kind of like in between at the moment and I have uh, I'm working with some as well that Probably not on my website, if that's where you have it. I'm working with some other agencies as well. I have a couple that I work with. Well, how did you manage to find them or they found you? Yeah, they found me. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think it really depends where you are. Because, for example, in Denmark, the market is really small for agents because it's like you're not so used to that in a small country. When you work in, in the big fashion capitals they're really used to working with the agents and the agents are know exactly what their role is and what it is they're gonna do for you i think in a lot of people in the small country that's a lot of maybe it's a little rude to call them wannabe agents but it is a little bit like they don't know exactly what their role is and what it is that they should do for you and the first couple of years you're probably not looking for an agent but As soon as you've been shooting for a couple of years, you think, ah, next step for me, that's probably having an agent and that's exactly what I want to do. And I think as a photographer, you probably think, I, I mean, I've been there myself, where you think, this is what I need to take me to the next level. It's not before you're actually at the next level, then they will find you and take you to an even higher level. You don't want a bad agent, then you're better <laughs> off on your own. If you want a good agent, they don't want you unless you're really working a lot. So you really don't need an agent to get more work. You need to get better work and to actually help you out taking some of the load off and making estimates and all that stuff. You don't need really need the agent to get a lot of more work. You need to get somebody to handle all that stuff for you. Yeah. When you're working a lot. When you don't have the time, that's when you need an agent. Are there many people shooting around you? Are there many photographers? I mean, in your country? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of very good photographers in Denmark. Yeah. Compared to the small country where we are, we have really, really good photographers. The fashion industry is like third largest export in Denmark. Uh, so we have quite a lot of work in Denmark. But... It's just still, there's a lot of tough competition because there's really good photographers here. But a lot of them work outside Denmark as well. Mm -hmm. How do you manage to handle the, the pricing in this case? Yeah, it's always hard. I mean, that's one of the areas where, where the agents are really good because they really know how to handle that. And it's also really hard to put a price on yourself it's a lot easier to put a price on somebody else than it is yeah. on yourself <laughs> <laughs> you always think ah that's a little much or i'm not worth that i'll probably put a little lower so i get it and it's a lot easier when you have the agent they will just set it this is what you're really worth this is what you should have for this and they know exactly of course in a country like denmark yeah, and, uh, and with all those years of experience you you learn still one of the areas that can give me trouble sometimes it's never the same i kind of have a day rate and from there i kind of say but they're always a little bit different then i want some rights that are a little bit different or they also want to print it in another country or like they want to have it for a couple of years extra so it's it always a little bit different there's always a studio where we are like 10 photographers and we have a couple of studios 
and there we all kind of like been in this game for quite a long time and we don't exactly shoot the same stuff we shoot we're, well we're a couple of fashion photographers there now but there's also like like big on commercials and uh, food photographers and stuff and they they're really good at being helpful with stuff like that if you're in a little bit in doubt and you think mm, i mean it's really hard so because this and this and this and yeah oh that's so nice and how about the young people who are coming into the business have you ever had the the case when someone new just can like take your job or something because his or her price is lower i guess there's always that it's always a possibility but i don't really i'm not so afraid of that i think with my experience and the kind of jobs i have i probably more in the competition of of course it's always about money and end as well but i mean it's more about what the clients really want what kind of style they want if they want my style or the other style or they want to try something new or that's just how it is sometimes Was there a specific moment when you realized that your career is turning into success? I think I have a couple. But I mean, when I really figured out that I was going to focus on beauty and I've been shooting beauty like almost constantly for like half a year and I kind of felt the feedback I was getting on that instead of shooting a little bit of that and a little bit of that, I really knew this is what I'm going to be doing for for a long time at least. That's one of my keystones, I think. And then when Elle magazine booked me for the first time, I kind of felt that it, this was it was really a, also a milestone for me and When was that? Uh it's actually not that long ago. I think it's like three years maybe. Yeah, it's so nice. You've been working for so long and you still have some stuff that just keep you up. Yeah. Exactly. I still have a lot of goals, things I want to still want to shoot and milestones I want to reach, but uh yeah, I was nominated as a photographer of the year for El Style Award in Denmark. Oh. Last year that was also really a, a nice one, so <laughs> Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Is there something that you really want to share, like the biggest wish? Yeah, well, I have a lot of stuff that I really want to shoot. I would love to shoot like one of the really, really big like L'Oreal worldwide campaign or something like that. Something like that, or I could also like love shooting one of the like really top models like of all time, kind of like Arizona Muse or like one of those really, really big girls. I shot some of them once in the like top 20, but I mean, I still have a lot to go. <laughs> <laughs> There's still time, no worries. <laughs> What's the thing that inspires you the most? Maybe movies or other people's work? That's a good question. Yeah, I'm full of good questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> because I don't know what's inspiring me the most because I see a lot of movies and TV stuff and where I get like ideas from both for lighting and camera angles and stuff like that. And and of course I browse a lot of like look at what other photographers do, look at magazines, Pinterest, all those kind of stuff and get ideas and and stuff like that. But I think I in in everyday people I get kind of a lot of um, 
I think I'm, I'm very focused on very close up because I'm shooting so much beauty and like angles of the face and like pretty eyes and like sometimes I could just sit in my own living room and the sun is bouncing on the floor in some odd way or it's reflecting through something that breaks up the light in different ways and I'm thinking what is that that does this and I'm gonna start playing with a glass or whatever it is that reflects that on the wall and figure out how's that's that's that could be fun to use in something or something like that I think I get like <laughs> I get inspiration in everything yeah you're inspired by everything that's so nice I love when I have inspired <laughs> guests <laughs> what was the best advice you've ever received you must tell me something more about this like who gave you this advice <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's probably something to do with figuring out your own style and stick to that I mean or if in, in the beginning it was like a lot of stuff I mean when you really start out you think you need to have like 10 lights and you need to do them all together but you can actually do a lot of really really nice stuff with one light sometimes it's just good to go back there and just see okay what can I really do this if I only had one light what could I do and how would I like this and back to and, the basics yeah really really back to the base for me it's also something about remembering to even though you earn money and you have clients and when you shoot some clients you prepare yourself and you go back to some of the lighting and stuff and some of the ways you normally do stuff and sometimes it's really nice not to have a client just to shoot something for yourself and just experimenting remember that all the time even though you've been shooting for a lot of years and you and you know what you're doing it's still nice to explore and try out oh there's a new light out here and oh there's a new reflector let's try it out see what it do and before you have a client there. Yeah, do you often do uh, projects for your own? Yeah, I do. I mainly do them like like for tests and stuff, and then just, if they turn out well, I send them to different magazines or like, yeah. Yeah, yeah online I do. magazines? <laughs> yeah, it could be online magazines as well. <laughs> Who are the guy that gives the idea for these projects? Are they always your ideas? Not always, but they're very often my own ideas. Could be a makeup artist or stylist or something that reaches out to me and say, hey, I would like to do something with Indians or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, so kind of take it from there. Mm -hmm. You do respond very well to this, I must admit, because uh, you were so open-minded when I asked you about this interview that I was like, whoa, yeah, this guy is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was Thank very you. happy, by the way. Thank you for this. <laughs> Do you have like a top three habits that you believe contribute to your success? Almost going to say preparation, preparation and preparation. That's the uh, common no, answer, it... by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, uh, I, I really, is it really? Because I mean, there's a lot of people that's very arty and like very in the moment and like even though they're prepared if something doesn't work they're really good at oh, I'm just gonna do like this and this instead I'm not that good at that I'm, I'm I really need to prepare a lot because I'm very it's it's the point where I'm really creative that's in the preparation I think as a photographer in the beginning there's a lot of stuff about you need to know how you work your camera and set your lights and all that stuff. And that, all of that stuff, of course, needs to come together. But I think when you really get 
when you have all that on your backbone, it's really about being the director of the shoot. So putting everything together and like communicating to the makeup artist, this is what I want without actually telling her exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. I will say, I want to do a story about this and this. Can you interpret that in some way? And the same for the hairstylist and every team member and really put this together so everybody has the same feeling about the shoot, but still have their own field of expertise where they are creative within. And then piece that together. I think that's like your key objective or goal as a photographer. That's why I say preparation, because communicating all this stuff to the team, that's where I'm really creative, where I feel that I do myself a big favor. (laughs) I also had my Photoshop from before as a photographer, so that at least in the beginning, it took me very far in a really early state. That's probably why I had like a cover already after shooting for one year. Mm because I had a lot of skill with that and took my pictures to another level than the other guys that shot for one year. Have you ever had this bad experience when you said something like this to your makeup artist and she or he just didn't felt it the same way? Yeah, but probably more in the beginning than now. I mean, the people I work with now, they're like very professional and very open-minded they know this is the creative process they know it's now you need to say i don't think that worked for me could we do whatever and discuss it in the preparation phase instead of actually saying okay i know he says this but i don't really want to do that i'm just gonna do something else or whatever on the set and that's where you really can have some problems because if they're doing something else than what i expected then not gonna come together <laughs> as planned what was your reaction back then I'm a very calm guy, so I, I'm not like... So there's still not, life. Yeah, okay. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people here. I actually know quite a few photographers like that. But I think it just falls apart and then I kind of take it one-to-one person afterward. I don't think, I don't feel that it's like yelling on the set or whatever. It doesn't really work for me. I mean, it's about having a one-to-one if it happens i think here is the question like if you were 24 years old blah 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 i usually ask if a person would choose again this profession but i'd like to ask you especially you have you ever considered to go back to the it (laughs) definitely not oh good (laughs) (laughs) definitely not (laughs) so yeah no doubt i would go for this again I've been starting shooting a little more uh, like film as well and stuff. It's still still kind of new to it all. I don't know where that's going to take me. It also depends on how the market's going to go and what whatever is going to change. But I mean, as a photographer, I think it's like more and more on demand that you can do some video film mm-hmm. stuff as well. And I who knows, in 10 years, I'm maybe more filmmaker than photographer. I don't know. <laughs> that's, You're flexible. You that's know. good. Yeah, I mean, so I feel very much as a photographer now and I I couldn't see myself really doing anything else. Yeah, maybe the movie stuff. Yeah, but Um, you're just going to move your image. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, I did a big change when I took from the IT and who knows if I'm going to do it again. I mean, I still feel photographer 24-7 when I'm I'm working all the time. I mean that in a good way. (laughs) Even when I don't have assignments and stuff, I... When I go walking in the park or 
taking the car to the country or whatever, I, I look at stuff or I look at lights and reflections and I see an old tree house or whatever and I thought, oh, I could shoot something there or <laughs> always kind of like working in that way. Do you prefer a natural light or you want to be the one who's setting it? <laughs> I'm more or less always setting it. <laughs> uh, but it's not like it's not really that I don't prefer the other one or one or the other but it's I guess it's just how it's been for me and I mean in the beauty stuff it's a lot of studio work and mm -hmm. it's just yeah it's just a lot of I've been shooting a lot of HMI lately so even though it's not really sunlight it's yeah. kind of like the same feel the closest so, to yeah. it <laughs> yeah exactly If someone wants to start a career in your field, what are the three things that they can start doing tomorrow to make it happen? What do you think? Shoot. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <That's> <laughs> you, you don't get better if you don't shoot anything. I had assistants and stuff or people I know in the beginning or, or like long time ago that talked so much. Oh, if I just had that camera, I could do. And if I just... Uh, had one more flash, I could do this, and I uh, could really try that. And instead of just say, okay, you got this equipment now, and you have this, and you can get that model. You cannot get the one there. You can get this one, and just go out there, shoot some stuff. So you have some things you can... You learn a lot about shooting. Even though you go around with me, and you see how I do and, and stuff, you need to really get it done yourself. I mean, that's the only way you're really going to learn it. So that's probably... Number one. <laughs> Number two, build a network. Network is really important. Assisting is really, I mean, there's a lot of people that thinks, of course, I mean, if you can't afford it, of course, <laughs> it's not an option. But if you can afford it to work uh, even for free, but if it's a good photographer, just go out there. You will learn so much about being on set. You will get a wider network. You will see how things are done. And yeah, that will take you far. That's your number three. Okay, that, that's fine. Uh, what do you think about um, education? And what would you prefer, if you were a young photographer right now, to be an assistant or to have a degree for this? I would definitely go for the assistant way. But uh, <laughs> it's also hard because as if you're like completely new, how would you know who to assist? Even though it's a good photographer, they might not be good to teach some photographers still want to make you make coffee all day and not do anything on the set for two years before you can actually get to play with the lights or whatever and some people will take you into your heart from day one more or less and explain what they're doing and how they're doing and why they're doing and so different so but assisting you can go around to a lot of different photographers and see who's doing what and how they're doing it and In education, you will normally, I don't know how it works all over, but in Denmark at least, you'll get, you might get some more t theory, but you will also be kind of stuck to one photographer or one studio or something. And mm -hmm. this is what you see all the time. And they maybe shoot the same stuff more or less yeah. all the time or whatever. Though from time to time, it's quite hard to stop being the assistant and start being the photographer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, um, I, I can see that problem. Oh, do, do you have yeah. an assistant? 
Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I have a couple. I have one I mainly use. He's not only with me. He's with everybody, more or less, or whatever <laughs> he can, he can, he can be with. I get him some jobs here and there sometimes, and I feel that uh, he's he's doing really well with me, and I kind of feel like we're friends, and I I want to teach him whatever I can, but I also want to. I want to be fair to him and I want to be... He's just come home from two weeks in Sri Lanka, assistant on a job that I gave him, So, but not with me. So, I mean... <laughs> yeah, let's explain why we are talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, that's how I feel. Okay, if there is one thing that you would change from your journey to become successful, what would that be? Probably shoot more. <laughs> nah, I don't know. Uh, well, I, <laughs> well, I had a lot of years where I really um, enjoyed having the freedom of uh, being able to control my own time. Of course, when you have a shoot, you have a shoot. But I mean, when you don't have a shoot, you can actually plan your time quite, quite a lot yourself. I could have shot even more tests than I did in the beginning. I would love to have done even more, played around even more. Maybe I would love to assist even more mm. in the beginning. Oh, I so mean, that's been not really assistant. where I am anymore. Yeah, I've been assisting a little bit, but not enough. Definitely not enough. I would love to go around to assist a lot more. And then what did you do when you started to shoot instead of assisting? Because we mentioned this problem. Yeah, I think I was always shooting on the side and then assisting as well. And I kind of just... I think I tried to, I probably assisted either people that was like way in front of me. So there was like no competition or I shot something else. So kind of like, I didn't feel that I was kind of like getting in the way of them or trying to take their clients or anything like that. I mean, that's, that's really an art, <laughs> art situation when, yeah. when that happens. I gave some of my clients to some of my assistants when they kind of started out. I, some of the ones that I, I could feel they might move on within not that long or I kind of I didn't have time for them anymore or something like that. And I thought, so, why not shoot with this guy as well or try this out? Or, mm -hmm. Yeah. You're kind of a mentor. <laughs> nice. Well, can you cook? <laughs> If I, I can cook? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, I you can. can. Okay, because mm. I believe it's dinner time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I, I just cooked. Oh, good. <laughs> I ate already. So. Yeah, I just <laughs> ate my Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had pulled pork right. and wraps mm, oh, and nice. uh, coleslaw and yeah, some uh, salsa, chili salsa. So you can definitely cook. Okay, I'll stick <laughs> to the Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for this interview. It was my pleasure. You're welcome. As you already know, you can find a link to my guest's work and my own work in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to the Fashion Photography Podcast and we always love to have new commands and new ideas on the next podcasts. You can share them with us on Facebook and Google+. See you on Friday!